This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. I'm Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Wendy Ying from Sarasota, Florida. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Thursday, March 7th, 2019. This episode is brought to you by the American Driving Society. Good morning, horse world. Well, good morning, everybody. It is actually the most exciting day in the driving in America. Today is because it starts the dressage for the largest driving competition in America, about three miles from my house. Here at Live Oak Oak in Ocala. Yes. So I know that we've met a lot of our listeners that have come down for Live Oak to visit with us. And I know a lot of our listeners are going to be there. Unfortunately, Wendy and I will not be this year. Uh, Wendy's down in Sarasota, actually has a job now, like has to work as a veterinarian, (laughs) make a living. And then I'm going to be at a big podcasting conference, which always seems to coincide with Live Oak like every other year. So uh, it's but, like Martin's auction and Rolex. Yeah, and I can't skip it. I'm the keynote speaker, so they kind of want me there. Um, so I can't skip this one. But uh, we're, it is an exciting time for driving. It is. I think uh, Live Oak is just such a fun show. It's not just because of the fantastic driving, um, but there's also show jumping. You know, world class show jumping. There is the big festival. There's the tailgating by the hazards. And just if you've never been to Live Oak Plantation, it really is one of the most beautiful farms in the United States. It's incredible. It's 4,000 acres, literally about a mile from town, from Ocala. And Mm -hmm. it's directly across from where the new World Equestrian Center is going to be. So you have the World Equestrian Center on one side of the street that's going to be 3,000 acres of absolute unbelievableness. And then you have Chester's Place, uh, Live Oak, which is right across the street, and it's 4,000 acres of pristineness. So, and he's got. And it's like beautiful, beautiful rolling hills well then they're hills for us here yeah yeah i mean florida hills yeah they're 20 but we have (laughs) but you know there are beautiful live oak trees with the spanish moss and you know it's and he's got cattle there and he's got horses and the race horses are there and his sport horses (laughs) are there so you see cattle out all the time because it's a major cattle operation yeah and i I think that's probably what pays the bills (laughs) to be honest um but it's just beautiful. What, place. you mean carriage driving doesn't pay the bills? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it pays the bills. So it is a beautiful place, and they deck it all out, and it's grown each year. My gosh, from the time you probably first went there, it's enormous now. Well, it was pretty big when I started driving. But they started off having the, I think the dressage was over at uh, the Ocala Breeders sales oh yeah and they stapled everybody over there at the race course oh really and then um which is it's then, near the airport actually it's everywhere the airport. yeah yeah that's right yeah they stapled everybody over there and then they'd ship over for marathon day to, to the hazards 
And now, uh, now it's all happening at the same spot, and they have uh, probably ten thousand people that show up on Marathon Day. It's packed. It's uh, businesses packed. have tailgates, and last year there was a lot. We we always go our bank where we have our business account has a tailgate right by the water, yeah. and they serve free food and uh, beverage. So we always hit that along with about fifty thousand of our friends in the tent. Um, it's always <laughs> packed, but it's it's fun to be able to go over there and and do that. So you yeah, know, that's what's made this show so different too. It's Chester and his sister Juliet. They didn't just make it a fun show for the competitors. It's a community event. You know, they've reached out to their community and everybody, you don't have to even like driving. There's people that go and just hang out down there, like you said, at the yeah. water. They're not watching. They're not all. watching. They might watch a carriage go by, but they're, it's mostly a big party. But the jumping yeah. draws, I mean, the place is packed for jumping. And so the yeah. jumping really, which started a couple of years ago, is a huge draw now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch. It's a beautiful location for jumping. And the weather's usually gorgeous this time of year. Yeah. And it's actually supposed to be a little cooler. Uh, the rest of the week, we've been in the 80s and 90s. It's been hot, actually. And it's supposed to be a little bit cooler, getting down to the 40s at night and in the 60s oh and 70s gosh. during the day. So during the day, that'll be perfect weather for cross-country. You don't want it 90 for cross-country. So, no. Um, we had to shave my pony. It was He was getting too warm. I saw that. Yeah, I so. saw that. Did you really <laughs> shave him yourself? I shave all the big parts, and Jennifer gets all the nooks and crannies. Uh, but I, I like doing it. Jennifer lets you shave. Oh, I like doing it. It's fun to do. do it. Oh, she, believe me, she has to give comments the whole time about how I'm doing it wrong. But I like I like to do it. Now, I don't like doing the legs and stuff because there's all those nooks and crannies, and she's much better yeah. at that. But yeah. uh, I do all the big parts, and then she does the That's face great. and the legs. Yep. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Yeah, it's fun to do, actually. It's just therapeutic almost. It's I like doing it, and he loves it. it. I think you feel like so satisfied at the end. You do. Of it. You you see like, what I you're accomplishing. It's like painting. It. You see what you're accomplishing. It's you know? Exactly like painting. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Only you're taking off instead of putting on. And it's always yeah. fascinating to me what how they completely change color when you take all their hair off. And so, don't you like how they're so shiny underneath? Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So I I, I kind of enjoy doing it. <clears throat> so I don't know. Does that give me extra horse husband points? Yes. Okay. Good. I'm glad to hear that. It's Live Oak time. Chester Weber joins us to preview the excitement this weekend. Plus, we chat with World Cup champion Bram Chardin. Alan Alston showcases the Black Prong Equestrian Center auction, which Wendy is attending with money in hand. And <laughs> Kathleen Hake covers Irish carts on Carriages 101. And Dr. Wendy's going to talk about managing arthritis, all on today's episode. Well, we're going to be talking about Dr. Wendy Ying's product feature of the episode of the month, and we're going to be doing that in the traditional Chinese medicine segment coming up in a bit. But first, we have to go to Kathleen with Carriages 101. Well, Kathleen is back with us from the Carriage Association of America with our look of at Carriages 101, and we are going overseas to the UK for this particular version. Am I correct? We, you are. We're going to be looking at the Irish jaunting car today. A car or cart? It is called a car. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to determine exactly why that is. But in Ireland, they do refer to it as a car. And it was, it's a jaunt, Irish jaunting, like being jaunty? Yes, <laughs> because it's a little bumpy and, uh, 
you know, the jaunt comes from a horse kind of gigging in place type of idea. And it's the same thing with this cart. As you went over the rough terrain, you you did get bounced a bit. Okay, well, let's explain to people what it looks like because it's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the early ones uh, were basically like a flatbed. And there were no springs on it. The wheels are on a... And it's a cart, a, so it's two-wheeled. Let's two clarify wheel, yeah, that. Yeah, there's yeah. two wheels on a straight shaft that is a wooden shaft. Um, and the wheels are wooden as well. And then in the early ones, they just put some canvas down the middle. And the driver perched on the front. And he kind of balanced the vehicle and, and whatever was riding on the vehicle. And... Uh, that's how they went down the road, but it was better than walking, and uh, which is a, which is how most carriages start. And then they eventually worked on the design and everything until it became similar to a dog cart. And if you remember back when we talked about dark dog carts, we talked about the fact that they were two wheeled because of the taxes. So the four wheel vehicles you had to pay more tax on. Same thing is true here because same set of uh, taxes. Tax laws, two wheels was cheaper than four. Yeah, but they took, and when they made it into a passenger vehicle, they put the seats on the sides, facing out. Yes. It's like a bench so, seat facing out. Ireland is a bit hilly in places, <laughs> and so you did. You were expected to get off at the top, of, or you know, as we got to the top of the hill, and then you sometimes had to get off going down the hill uh, because the train was, was a little, or excuse me, the terrain was a bit rough. So it was a bit like riding on a tilt-a-whirl, if you will, because it would take four to six passengers, two to, two to three on one side, and two to three on the other side. So you're, you're riding on the outside edges. Um, so most people know what a hay wagon looks like. So it would be like riding on that long side of the hay wagon. Um, of course, this is a little narrower. It's pulled by one horse. And uh, they did put a well in the middle so that you could put your packages there. So you hopped up, put your package in the middle, switched around, and faced out, and enjoyed the countryside. And if you, you tilted at all, you were gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as you went, if you went down the hill or up and all, you squished the, the passenger in the back or the front. Yes. And, and so, um, you know, again, that's where the jaunting part comes in. So, And, and but if they it were, tilted left or right, you were gone. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, you know, in the circus, there was someone that got very good at judging the weight of people. And the same was true with the driver. Uh, they had to become very good at judging the weight of a passenger and their packages so that they could balance on the vehicle correctly. And, uh, <laughs> Which was so hard with these women in their big skirts and stuff. <laughs> right, right. So most of us will know an Irish jaunting vehicle because of the quiet man, which was John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara. Um, that was, came out in 1952, but the vehicles uh, had a lot of activity in 2016. They found Maureen O'Hara's original jaunting cart. Oh, wow. And that is now in the John Wayne museum. But the, so this is called an outside vehicle because the passengers sit on the outside. If you have an inside one, it's essentially the same vehicle, but the seats are in the inside, more like a governor's cart type thing. And that one that they used to bring the um, people that worked on the set 
to to the set uh, went for like a hundred and twenty thousand pounds or something like wow. that. I, I I don't know the exact amount, but it was it was amazing amount of money for a cart, and it was because it was in the Quiet Man, um, and that happened back in two thousand sixteen. It's wow. amazing. Yes. At Martin's, like everybody always like their first cart, it seems like wants to get one of these Irish jaunting carts. And I fell into that trap. Did you get Did one? You buy it? And then you, yeah, I had one, but it was like a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, scary. They, they can be. And, and so the one that you had had springs on it and it was high. Yeah. Yes. So that's a little bit later one. And that's after they added the springs. But to to be able to add it, they they really went up in height. And then it became like perching. The ride became more comfortable, but, it, but the danger of falling off was greater. <laughs> you know what else is really dangerous about them? These sides, you know, how people sit on the sides. And then, like, if nobody's on it, the sides are folded up. Right. But then when someone comes to get on, the sides fold down, right? Mm-hmm. But they're at least mine, I mean, because probably it was old, but it didn't have any way to keep those sides up. So if you were driving without passengers, the, would bounce down. It, the thing would bounce down and then scare your horse. <laughs> and you're already sitting in this precariously balanced, like death trap. So all you need is like some creaking and, and crashing going on back there and look out. Hey, so right. Wendy, were, how do you they, feel about these carts? <laughs> well, I took it back to Martin's the next year. I when I did, somebody, I can't remember who told me, but somebody told me that it happens every year. I think that that, I wish we had a record of that carriage because I think maybe 20 people own that thing because they bought it and then took it home and drove it and then took it right back to Martin's. Well, that is the joy of auction. You can try a vehicle and learn the, the positive and negatives of each vehicle and, and then take it back and the ones that you don't like. Uh, <laughs> but that sounds like quite the experience. Uh, the sides do indeed fold up. And that was because these were a little bit wider than your average single um, horse vehicle. And they needed to fold up so that they could fit through the doorways and, and the toll roads and things like that. So they were only designed to be folded for that few minutes and then oh i didn't realize that Mm -hmm. i didn't realize that's why it folded up see it wasn't the cart's fault you were doing it wrong i was doing it wrong if i would recommend a book called by coney king of the irish roads and he really started the public transportation system in ireland and that's why we associate jaunting cars with ireland is because he used them to transport people um on a daily basis for very low amounts of money and uh, this was one of the ways that they did it so they would probably never not have a passenger or they would try to never have a pa- uh, be empty well, that and that's sense. why those those flaps wouldn't fold down and you have an article you wrote about it a blog post on uh so where can people find that that is on caaonline.com and if you go to the caa blog right there uh that's where the post will be and there's lots of pictures and stuff so you're going to want to go check it out it's called the jaunting car and that's at caaonline.com it is thank you very much kathleen we'll talk to you again next month all right thank you jeanette shawdall 
speaking to her brother, giving him directional advice. Now leaning out into the box, still on zero. Time to beat, set by fellow countryman Coasteron, 521.63. That's the time he's got to beat. He gets to the bridge for the last time. He now just has the last loop. He's got to get round. Oh, we're going to see a new champion of the World Cup. The young 25-year-old, Ram Shadow, he becomes champion. He stops the clock in 5.02.43 seconds. Well, what incredible historic scenes here. All right, we have one of our favorite guests back on the driving radio show, the 2019 World Cup champion, Bram Chardon. Welcome, Bram. (laughs) Hello, good afternoon. Well, Bram, I have to say, I was Facebook stalking you the whole time you were doing the World Championship Finals. It was so exciting. Tell us all about it. Uh, Yeah, that that was... um, I wouldn't say a big surprise, but I, I think the way it went, uh, it was sort of a, a, a surprise, especially the distance after the four rounds, uh, going into my final lap with such a big march to the to the second place driver. Yeah, uh, that that was definitely a, definitely a surprise. It's it's mainly in the finals uh, where experience, of course, is always counting quite heavily, and you know, looking at the other drivers, including my father and. Uh, Boyd Axel, Coaster Onda, they've done finals many times already. Yeah. And um, I was just afraid because of my experience, I'll make a silly mistake again, like like last year in my first finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all did make silly mistakes, and, and I could stay clear for four rounds in a row. Yeah. And um, win the finals. Yeah, it was big, that big. Was, yeah. That was amazing, exciting. Of course, uh, with the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Now tell us. We had you on a couple of months ago, and we talked a little bit about the World Cup and the and the organization of it. But can you just go over that quickly again? Like, how do you qualify for that, and how do the rounds go? So it's it's only open for the top ten uh, foreign hand horse drivers in the world. So during your summer season, um, by driving World Cup qualifiers, you can collect points. Uh, four of the competitions will count, and the top ten of that with the highest points, they'll get qualified to go into the in, in our winter series, into the World Cup indoor driving. And that indoor series this year had an extra competition. So the, the top five um, of the outdoor standings, they get to do five shows. Mm-hmm. The other five, they get to do four shows. And as well there, you have to collect points. Uh, the top three shows are counting, and the top six out of the ten, they are allowed to go to the finals. Um, into those finals, everybody goes back to a, a zero score, and the first day is the reverse order of the standing. Uh, on day one, you're doing two laps. Uh, second lap is a shortened course where they took out two cones and one gate from one of the two obstacles. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a bridge in, in Bordeaux, just a regular bridge of the World Cup driving. They had the speed books in uh, together with two obstacles and uh, 12 gates in total. It made it a quite interesting course. And um, different than last year, normally um, it's only one round in the first day, which only counts for a 50% score. Uh, but this year they, they changed it. They had two rounds on day one. 
and both rounds were counting for the fully 100%. Uh, so we all knew, of course, that if you would get a big mistake uh, on day one, like, like Boyd Axel, uh, you'd be out of the race, and mm-hmm. uh, that happened. And my my margin after the day one was already uh, 13 seconds uh, for in front of Costa Ronda. So that that put me in quite comfortable uh, position going into the final day on Sunday. And uh, it was the same course and the sh- the same shortened course for the final drive off. And so of course the level um, went up as we all knew the course, and we were all chasing. At least they were all chasing me for for that first position, right. uh, which got you know got to see the, the audience uh, very good sport and um, you know very good competition. But the, the margin I had was too big, and this time I could stay calm and uh, leave all the balls on to uh, to become the winner. And <laughs> you know it's it's the, the final itself, of course, is super excited. But I think we had a crazy season uh, with so many different winners. Normally, yeah. you'll see two, three drivers in the final uh, to win a show. Now, from the six drivers in the finals, five of them had won qualifiers. Um, so they were all, before the final, they were all so close to each other. And the competition had been extremely heavy, heavy during the season. Um, and we saw even Chester Weber in uh, Leipzig almost qualifying himself uh, for the finals. Yeah. Uh, it was only, uh, I guess, 1.5 seconds. Uh, which dropped him from the podium, which would still gave him a chance to go to uh, to Bordeaux. So normally when Leipzig is on, we know already who's going. But now till the final, the very final round, it was still uh, all open. Um, who who would go to Bordeaux? And, and you know, it's just the, the top 10, uh, all of them now, they're having separate teams for the indoors. And it's not just um, like a show or just something to to go through winter it's it's really part of our season part of our profession and um now with being more shows being uh, involved in the in the series you need more than just five horses to uh, to make it through and mm-hmm. uh you know the level it, it it's crazy it's not just about going extremely fast right it, it goes clear as well and the <laughs> courses are getting harder and harder and um, now it's it's a great great promotion for for driving sports and so at this show, when you do the World Cup shows, are you guys the only drivers at the show? Is it show jumping and dressage at the rest of the time or just show jumping? Or uh, Yeah, most of the shows, um, they're hosting um, World Cup jumping and World Cup dressage as well in Leipzig and some others. We get the vaulting mm-hmm. uh, there too. Um, so it's it's the main AVI uh, disciplines. Um, eventing, so they do indoor cross uh, mm-hmm. country. They build up. Uh, they had it in Geneva. They had it in Bordeaux. Uh, th- that's great, great fun. Uh, of course, that that's that's just spectacle. And um, you know, it's it's good to 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 bring the sport to towards the people where uh, we're in in major cities all over Europe, and um, there are a lot of spectators coming for dressage or jumping, and then get to watch the driving as well. So it's a great opportunity for driving sports to show our discipline to a new audience. Yeah, I mean, the the crowds looked huge. And I'm sure some of these people, uh, 
you know, and I have to, Glenn has a whole show about horse husbands. So I'm sure any horse husbands that get dragged to a dressage show are so excited to see the driving, the World Cup driving. Well, yeah, it's, you know, if you get to see uh, 30, 40, maybe 15 rounds of uh, of show jumping, uh, the driving is only six drivers to go in. They do mm-hmm. one lap. Uh, they have their drive up with, with three to go. So it's it's a quite short program where yeah. it, it's all about speed. So to to break the rhythm of, of the competition mm-hmm. with just jumping, jumping, or only dressage, which is slightly boring to watch after... Uh, after a lot of competitors, yeah. our, our driving sports, uh, the way we do it at the indoors, is short and powerful. And um, it's just they have to find a good spot in the program so that the public is there uh, on new competitions. But we now even see on competitions where we are uh, for many years in a row now, even if they put up us uh, up, uh, let's say, around midnight, which we had in Bordeaux, which we had in Leipzig, the competition would not start before 11 Mm-hmm. Uh, close to midnight and the competition would be over after midnight the people wow. would still be there because they know the driving is coming in yeah. london they're having three days in a row of extreme driving three days it's sold out middle of the week middle of the day doesn't matter that people will be there mm-hmm. and uh, that's really something that'll change the popularity of driving sport at least in europe and it and yeah. it wakes those horse husbands up from all that dressage. <laughs> it, it should. It should, because there's loud music, there's horses flying around, people screaming. So uh, Midnight, though, up. I wouldn't yeah. be awake to be a driver at midnight. How do horse people stay up that late? Uh, <laughs> horse people are crazy. Oh, you, get, you get used to it. You get used to it. And I'm, I'm not saying that we're having a super busy program, because we cannot walk the course during the day or anything, so you're just there. You're waiting the time. You prepare for for the evening coming. You go through the course in your head, but it, it's different than the outdoors. Uh, you work your spare horse though, still. But you know, with the outdoors, you're you're having three days. You're having much more equipment with you. Um, you have to walk the marathon obstacles much much longer than we do during the indoors. So it's slightly different for us as well. And it's, it's every now and then it's a pretty long days waiting where you can't do anything else. You don't want to go home because you want to stay with your horses, of course. Um, so it, it's a different combination and, and being at that late in the evening, of course, for some, you'll see their struggle to hold their concentration. Um, but you know, that's all part of the game. Well, Bram, thanks so much for joining us. And, um, it was really exciting watching you and I'm sure everybody will see you out there walking around and, uh, uh, down at live Oak and helping all the competitors. So thanks for joining us. Definitely. I'll, I'll be there. Pleasure. Well, Glenn, you know, being a member of the American Driving Society is more than just getting the whip. I know you think it's just about getting the whip. It's a magazine, yes. It's the great magazine they put out. (laughs) Well, the whip is great, and so is the omnibus. But you know what else you can get? What's that? You can get a million dollars in excess liability insurance through Equisure. Before, that was something that you could only get when you were in, like, uh, the USEF or certain breed groups. And now the American driving society is also offering that when you're, when you're doing anything with horses, there's always a chance that you're going to get sued, right? Cause horses are unpredictable and they can, you know, bash in somebody's car or they can, 
Or you could be in a parade in Kentucky and try and run, run over some children kid. over. Yes. I know exactly what, what you horse, mean. What if your horse gets loose and runs down a golf course? Yes. <laughs> and they charge you by the footprint. Jennifer had that happen the one place she lived. <laughs> she didn't tell <laughs> exactly. me it was her horse. <laughs> so you need a million dollars because those footprint marks cost a lot of money. So what you can do is you're an ADS member. Um, it costs $25 a person or 45 for the family. And then that you have a million dollar excess liability insurance policy. So that's a great rate for that. Um, and you just need to be a member of the ADS in good standing. And um, you can go to the ADS website to find all that information. It's under uh, me- under the members tab, excess liability. That's a really good rate, actually. I know. It's yeah. a great rate. And that's not a month. That's for the year, horses. right? For the whole year. Anyone with horses really needs that. I mean, even what if you're, uh, like, for example, my neighbors are not really horsey and they've decided they want to ride. So I take them riding. And, you know, I am trying to make sure everything's safe, but they're horses. You never know. Right. And I always in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my God, please, Dante, please walk slow. (laughs) You know, so. Anytime we do anything with horses, there's a liability, especially carriages, too. Like, look mm-hmm. at you and your carriage rides. They've gotten better. <laughs> they have gotten better. But I forget where we were somewhere, and you were giving somebody a carriage ride. Oh, it was my next-door neighbor's, and I told her she needs to wear a hard hat. That's right. That? <laughs> hey, he was pretty good that day, though. He was good, but he you never know better. what could happen. He almost bolted this uh, weekend, but it was just a little baby one. So, nah. Oh, yeah, he's I'm better. glad you got that under control. <laughs> Yeah, me but too. another thing the ADS, another thing the ADS has going on right now, is um, they have the new rules out for 2019, and you can always get the rule book online, um, and you can download it so you can have it on your tablet. But if you want a paper copy, there are 50 printed paper copies left in inventory, and you can buy that for uh, $45, and then their shipping uh, is just $2 in shipping. Um, but if you're purchasing more than one, uh, there's a special rate for shipping. So you can call the ADS office and find out about that. Um, and the link for that is the American driving society.org slash event resources slash rule book. So that's how you can find your rule book. Very good. And so people uh, like a paper copy. American driving society.org. Now it's time for Dr. Wendy Ying to show up, pop her head up, and do a traditional Chinese medicine segment. And this time we are talking about arthritis. Yes, arthritis. This is the most common thing that we deal with in horses, right? I mean, everybody talks about arthritis. Anytime you're buying a horse, you're worried he has arthritis. And anytime your horse goes the least bit lame, you think, oh my God, he has arthritis. Right. So what's arthritis? We all know that because arthritis is the same in people and dogs and horses. Right. It's when your joints get um, you, you overwork your joints and your joint fluid is not as squishy. Right. You lose viscosity is not as thick. And so what happens is that you don't have as much cushioning in your joints. So then when you put weight on your 
joints, you have pain. So your joints actually uh, don't have any blood or nerve supply, right? The, the way that the cells inside your joints get food is by you moving your joints and that squeezes uh, the nutrients into the cells. So that's why sometimes when you don't move around, your arthritic joints feel more painful. And that also happens with horses. Um, and in Chinese medicine, we talk about two different forms of arthritis. Uh, this is kind of focused on geriatric horses, right? Older horses with arthritis. But we have, you know, I always talk about the yin and the yang, right? So we have a deficiency of the, your yang, which is like your, your furnace. So that's the arthritis that gets worse when it's cold. Then we have a yin deficiency arthritis and your yin is your air conditioner. So the yin deficiency arthritis is the kind that's worse when it's hot out, like worse in the summertime. And you know, uh, Glenn, have you ever heard of that old wives' tale that people with arthritis can tell you when it's going to rain because yeah, yeah, their joints yeah. hurt? That's right, because everything starts to hurt. Well, well, there's actually a scientific reason why that happens. Because of, I and always thought it was because of barometric pressure. It is. It's a barometric pressure. So you know how sometimes you can see joints get swollen, right? It looks like a little puffy balloon yep. by the joint. Well, barometric pressure is like the weight of the air against your body, right? right, right. So it can hold that swelling in. Well, when the barometric pressure gets lower, you can imagine a balloon, right? If the pressure is lower, the balloon can get larger. So that stretching of the, um, the joint capsule, it pushes on the nerves more, and that's why you get more pain. Mm. Um, so... Uh, the reason I, so I, that was just a side thing. The reason I talk about the yin deficiency arthritis and the yang deficiency arthritis is because you treat it two, two different ways, right? So if you have a horse that is much worse when it's cold out and has uh, that kind of arthritis, then that's the horse that's really going to respond well to th things like um, the back on track blankets. You know, mm -hmm. they're going to respond to... Uh, the things that keep them warm, that's the kind of horse that might need a quarter sheet when you go out in the cold weather. When you have ones that are worse in the heat, then those are the horses that might respond better to massage and they might respond better more to um, a, like more movement. Right. So, and also you need to make sure you keep them hydrated because dehydration, the joint fluid is made from the plasma in your blood. So, if you get dehydrated, which a lot of times in the wintertime, you know, animals will get dehydrated, they work hard, they sweat, your joint fluid gets uh, a lower volume and it um, can't cushion your joints as much. So, um, we have two different formulas to treat arthritis for the heat deficiency, for the yang deficiency and the yin deficiency. So we talked a little bit about the equine duho earlier in the show. That's for horses like geriatric horses that are struggling with arthritis that have problems when it's cold. Um, but 
obviously that formula warms the body. So if you have a horse with yin deficiency arthritis, this formula is not a great choice because this will make your horse more hot. So this is why sometimes people just see, oh, it's arthritis formula. I'll use this. But that is not always the case. That's not going to help your yin deficient horse get better. So for yin deficiency arthritis, we have an herbal formula called DGP. And that actually, um, one of the main ingredients in there is the root from the goji berries. And I talk about goji berries a lot, right? Uh, But we use that a lot in Chinese medicine. So that tonifies your yin. It tonifies your air conditioning, right? So that has herbs in it that helps your joints and then also tonifies your yin. But like on the converse, you can see how if you have a horse who's having trouble keeping warm, you don't want to give them yin deficiency herbs. You don't want to give them herbs that will will, uh, make them colder. So that's how we look at arthritis in TCVM in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and so where can people find the products? So people can find that at uh, drwendyying.com. And you can just search for, for the products. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to say yep. about joint therapy. With arthritis, um, I find that it the treatment works much better when you do integrative therapy. So there are times when I will say to people, uh, you know, you need to talk to your general medicine vet and think about getting joint injections. Maybe it's gone so long that they actually do need that. Uh, and they can have intraarticular joint injections. And then acupuncture and herbs can help lengthen the time between the joint injections. Because joint injections aren't great. You know, um, but maybe instead of having to have joint injections every six months or every year, you can push it out to a couple of times a year to manage a horse like that. Also, um, I always recommend Adequan and Legend uh, for joint therapy, which Legend is hyaluronic acid and Adequan is glycosaminoglycans. And both of those molecules are what makes up the fluid in the joints. So that those are really easy things you can talk to your veterinarian about to do to not only help your horse with arthritis, but we can also give those to horses, uh, younger horses in work before they show the signs of arthritis because it's chondroprotective, meaning it protects the cartilage that they have now. So that's always a good idea. It's, it's, uh, it's very safe to give because it's, uh, molecules that are already in the body and it's a great way to protect your horse's joints so that they live a long and healthy life. Very good. DrWendyYing.com. Well, I'm so excited to have my good friend F- and FEI pair and foreign-hand driver, Alan Olson, joining us again. And he is the owner of the Black Prong Equestrian Center in Bronson, Florida, and they are having a big auction over there. So welcome, Alan. Well, hello, Wendy. How are you, Glenn? Thank you for having me. You guys are selling the place, and you're having this 
really fun auction. We drivers love auctions. So tell us a little bit about how this is going to work. Well, what happens is, um, I just in November morning, I decided it was it was time to uh, to to do something different. I had a little medical situation situation this 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 summer, and uh, as my daughter wrote, you know, the uh, the dreams of winning more FEI medals and going to Europe. Those kind of those days are going by a little. I'm 71 now, and um, we're not leaving. We're here, but uh, we decided to auction it. We think that's the um, it has been for sale available, but mm-hmm. uh, we decided to auction it. Um, and as I think I talked to you before the broadcast, even, um, it's just, it's not going to, we're not going to give it away for a hundred thousand dollars, but we're going to sell it. We're, right. you know, we don't have any illusions. It's like, nope, it's time to move on and, and, um, and let somebody else do it and enjoy it. We've had a great, great time building it. That's been so much fun. The people that have been here and, and, uh, even to this day, and you've seen it when you've driven all levels and everything else. Right. We have people come in to this day that are just beginners or they, yeah. they, they I never want to go home. Or, I know. Uh, you know <laughs> it's just so nice. Or they get the bug. Um, I don't know if I can use names, but Cardi danced the other day had a, had a party and she thanked Maureen and I for, for introducing her to this from California and, and yeah. she went on some world championships, um, not, not championships, but you know, competing. Yeah. Um, so that was rather nice. So it's, it's so been how fun. Many, over. How many acres is it? It's a pretty big place, right? Well, it's 92 acres, but um, that's the small part of it because there's 53,000 acres surrounding us on all four sides. And, uh, yeah, so that's the ghostly that. forest. Yeah, so I don't have to pay taxes on it, nor do I have to worry about public <laughs> works for the roads. 135 <laughs> miles of road out there. Now, Alan, some people might not know that you're you are a builder, and not just like a little builder, regular old builder. You're a builder of giant things, right? But that's uh, an exaggeration, Wendy. No, um, you are a commercial a, construction I a, guy. I am a I am a contractor, and and um, um, you, know, and you and built all have. the barns there on the property, right? We did. It, it started out as a it, it started out as a farm just for me with four barns. So we're going to be up the end and, and a nice dressage ring and a warm up ring, mm-hmm. and we were going to have one for a trainer, uh, one for us, and uh, two for guests. And, right. it, and it just got out of hand after that. Everybody wanted more and more. You know, can we get a place? Can we get a place? And we just kept on going. We kept on going down the line, building, building barns yeah. and building campsites. I mean, it, really, you can have a lot of people. Don't you have not? Do you have nine barns, nine barns with apartments? Yeah, nine barns, about 13 bedrooms, because we break it up in that, because the two bedrooms can be broken in half. So there's mm-hmm. 13 bedrooms there for that. And, and, and there's a there's a not plenty of room for anybody for, for camping. Yeah, because you have the campsites. And you know what I love about the campsites? It's not like these campers all lined up in a row. It's these little groves of trees where you can have a couple campers and you have your horse there and you have you have all those paddocks for the horses so that all the horses that are staying there at the property can have turnout. You're right. You make it sound so nice. I don't want to sell it now. <laughs> I know you shouldn't. I'm trying to talk about it. So I got I have to ask you how how is it zoned? Because obviously we're locals around here, and all locals always worry about farms getting zoned and houses put up. Well, we had so we went to the county commissioners, and we uh, because uh, even though it's 90 acres, and you could probably build four, you could uh, break up without any zoning. You could break it into four different house lots. Uh, we wanted to design it the way we did, as Wendy said, little groups of think of properties. Um, throughout uh, throughout the um, 
the, the area. So we had it, we had it zoned for, for a host facility for this type of thing. And, um, and they were good enough to do that and they've cooperated and helped us throughout the whole thing. And we do a lot with the community as well. Um, we, we, uh, the, the Bronson high school is going to have their graduation here because we have a pavilion. Oh, I think when you remember so the days nice. we only had a big tent, you know, yeah, and, um, I remember the tent. <laughs> and now we have a pavilion here. And so we let, we, we do a lot of uh, things for the community, letting them use it. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that area is so fun. Like, I mean, it's, of course it's fabulous for carriage drivers because of the hazards and the full size dressage arenas. But in that area that you're in, there are like six FEI um, endurance rides. If anybody wants to qualify in the United States for endurance, they have to come to Bronson. Yes. It was, you know, there was a time for that. We don't do as many big FEI events anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did do that at one, at one time. We did one because we were trying to qualify ourselves and there wasn't, there wasn't enough events. Right. So we took in literally, um, we, even though we do a lot of, things for, for, for learners and starting people we actually ran a, a double show we ran an fei show right as part of it which nobody could really tell a difference but it, it met the qualifications right but oh my god i had i had people sending me these notes you know you're selling out you're going to the, <laughs> the for the big boys and, and what about us little guys? the dark side <laughs> you're going to the dark side <laughs> yeah. wow. you can't help being fabulous alan i mean that's Young. it but you know what i think this is going to be really exciting and i think uh i think you're going to have a big group there on auction day so what day is the auction it's march it's march 16th it's um two weekends away and And, uh, can people come beforehand and tour it yeah we've had we've had a lot of people come through this weekend the auction you had an open house just like a realtor uh, mm-hmm. This weekend, so we showed a lot of people. Actually, I just showed somebody this afternoon. We, somebody came in this afternoon. We don't tell them they have to wait till the weekend. We showed them around, and right. then the uh, auctioneer is going to be here this this weekend. It'll be a little chaotic. We're having a um, we're having a bluegrass event here. It, it, oh, great! It's basically free, so there'll be people all over the place playing music, and the poor auctioneer right. going to be sitting over in the booth trying to figure <laughs> out who wants to see the place. Yeah, but they'll see how active it is. That's good, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. We have no matter no matter what group we have here, we have a good time. This is it's it's a pleasant place. It's 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 nice. The shade, there's buildings, it's, you know, small groups of areas like Wendy says. So um, it'll be a good time. And and people will come in this weekend, so they can come in and look at it too. And then they can get in touch with the auctioneers. Higginbottom auctioneers um, are, are doing it, and, and or you go right on Blackfrog's website, and you'll find it. And people can bid. Over the phone. I don't know how that works. I'm the electronic person. <laughs> they did right over the phone. That's great. Okay, so it's at blackprong.com. They can get the info. I also will post a link that Higginbotha Auctions has done a um, drone flyover with a video. Which it's was really, really cool. Great. I liked it. Yeah. 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 Oh, you saw that. Isn't that nice? It's great. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. Part of that was um, uh, Mr. Martin. He was a driver. He had done part of that. And I think they just, just to give credit where credit is due and they, they chopped out some of it and used a lot of his, his fight, his, um, um, his, his footage. I had asked him if we could. I think that you and Maureen, um, not just with your vision, but 
because of your attitude, you guys are so giving and so positive and always help other people be better. I mean, I can tell you a hundred percent. You helped me. I remember I couldn't drive pair of cones at all. You helped me so much with my pair of cones, <laughs> but it's your attitude has, uh, reflected in the beauty of that property. And I, I think the next person that, uh, and that buys the property will really appreciate what you've put into that. Well, I, I hope so. I mean, like I said, we've, it, it's kind of a, a bit bittersweet, you know, relaxing to get away from it a little bit. We're only going to be across the street. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to say to help out if they want. And on the other hand, it's going to be sad to, to not be here. I mean, you have our fingers deeply involved in everything. I'm sure we'll find yeah. something else to do though. But you'll be happy to not have to be running that, that hotel. <laughs> Well, that, yeah, Maureen's been doing it. She's been doing it for 18 years now. I mean, that's yeah. when we built it. It was, uh, as you know, it was just, just woodland here. And uh, yeah. we we took it from the woods it. to, I think it's got the largest water system in Levy County. That's what they told us one time. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, we've taken it with the road system and everything. So, we we built it like that. And she's been down here for 18 years. She's never going north in the winter. That's, I know. It's amazing. You know, well, you guys have done a super job. We're really excited about it, and uh, we're wishing you the best for that. Well, I thank you very much. Good uh, luck. I appreciate the call. Well, it's Live Oak International Weekend, and that means international equestrian superstars from driving and show jumping are meeting in Ocala. And Chester Weber is here to tell us all about the excitement happening at his farm this weekend. Welcome, Chester. Thank you, Wendy. Well, so great to have you on the show again. We we haven't talked to you for a while. Uh, first of all, congratulations on uh, your performance at the at the WAG with the team gold and the individual silver. We were so proud of you. Super proud of the horses and the entire team. You know, I'm the guy who gets to stand on the podium, but it takes a village to get that done. And uh, the whole American team sort of pulled together and uh, worked really hard at that. And uh, We've been trying to get that done for a long time and uh, sort of old friend and, you know, huge friend of driving. Ed Young was forever our chef to keep. And we always sort of talked about that. He recently passed away and uh, it was really nice to do that sort of in uh, in his memory. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, so now we have another huge thing coming up. You're hosting Live Oak International this weekend. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there at the farm. Um, you know, the farm, uh, looks good. People are actually just starting to move in. Some of the pony drivers are coming in right now for a clinic. Um, the farm with the rain we've had in Ocala looks, uh, super green and lush. Uh, we had a sort of a complete revamp to obstacle number three, uh, the Eagle's nest, the great American Eagle's nest. And, um, it's, uh, completely redone. It looks great. Uh, you know, did a lot of work. Uh, Longine timing is here again, uh, and uh, we have this year sort of a new team challenge for uh, for the advanced division. So um, you have some championships there this weekend, right? You have uh, the national the forehand championships and, and the national pair championships. So there's uh, two championship titles up for grabs, and uh, you know a lot of excitement there. And we're you know this will be uh, sort of taking a bit at number 15 for me, which I'm super, uh, excited about. And, uh, but the horses are really training well. So I'm a little bullish on that. Um, do you feel like, uh, I mean, I would think sometimes with the horses, it's harder to compete at home than when you're at a show. Do you ever feel that way with them? 
and there's no doubt in my mind everybody's everybody's always trying to tell me about how much of an advantage uh it is to compete at home and i always say you know try to organize a competition with a few hundred horses and uh you know about a hundred competitors and i get to know about everybody's problem in the midst of trying to prepare my own championship but yeah. it's a good exercise for uh for preparing for europe and uh and getting yourself ready that's true now um you also have uh show jumping there right yeah we have a world cup uh Longines world cup qualifier show jumping on sunday uh two show two jumping classes on friday and then on saturday uh we have one and just when the when the cross country marathon sort of finishes up and uh so there's a uh, there's there's a lot of show jumping and the rider list looks uh looks super impressive and uh we uh it's it's also a lot of fun my my niece chloe is uh is riding this weekend at live oak and uh has her horses really informed for that oh that's great okay. now one of the things that's so different about live oak than any other driving show in the united states is it is so spectator friendly. You have stuff going on like all over the farm. So what are you, what are you guys doing this year? You know, uh, we have a kid zone again. We have a classic, uh, we have a car show, uh, coming on Sunday. We have uh, no limit Sunday fun day, which is a huge uh, day for charitable organizations. Uh, I think we have, uh, you know, many, many charitable organizations all getting involved in live Oak, uh, to come out and, um, do their own thing. Uh, Community Foundation uh, has a tent on Saturday at the Water Obstacle. So, you know, a lot of things. And, and one thing that's really great, this is year number 28 for Live Oak. And uh, we're just super, you know, kind of humbled by how much the community's embraced us. Uh, it was a big honor when the city asked us to get involved in the Parade of Nations. It's going to go on on Thursday. That's expecting about 10,000 people. And our hopes are uh, that'll really help us grow our spectator numbers as well um, as we're sort of bringing horses to the downtown to present them. And then uh, they'll have a parade of breeds uh, from the from the show that will be on exhibit at, uh, at Live Oak. And the Grandview Clydesdales are here giving demonstrations. Oh, wow. Lots of fun stuff. And a, and a beer garden for boys. <laughs> oh, wow. We, That'll be fun. No yeah. girls are allowed to drink. Good. Is that it, Chester? <laughs> no, I think the girls are allowed to drink. I okay. Mean, like, adults. But, but they did. For horse husbands. He means beer, horse husbands. Yeah, I know what he meant. The, they did put the beer garden strategically next to uh, the kid zone. So, <laughs> perfect. That, that is perfect. That's, good parenting. That's funny. <laughs> so they can see the kids from the beer garden, right? Oh, very, very clearly. Okay. The Audi See, now that, you're, uh, now that you're a dad, you think about things like that, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a new perspective. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chester, um, what, when people come out to Live Oak, um, what do you suggest that they, like, say they come out on Saturday, give us a, like, insider's point of view of, like, what you should do first. Where would you sure. go first? Sure. So uh, Saturday, the cross-country is going to start, uh, the first one will be in the obstacles around nine, uh, and the carriage driving will go from nine until, um, around one fifteen. Um, you know, I'd certainly be here by 10 and, um, there are lots of parties or tailgate spots still available. Um, 
it's great. And then people, when the jumping finishes up or the driving finishes up, they, they go right on to the jumping. And the jumping's at the top of the hill by all the shops and the beer garden and all huge, that. Huge trade fair this year, you know, bigger and better than ever, you know, su- super excited. Well, this sounds really fun. Well, I hope that everybody gets out to Live Oak this weekend to see all the fun and good luck to you and your horses. Thank you so much, guys. And he mentioned the jumpers. Well, some of the jumpers coming in are Georgina Bloomberg, who you may have heard of, uh, Jennifer Gates, Bill Gates' daughter, and also Devin mm-hmm. Ryan, who is one of the top show jumpers in the world. And if you go to Stable Scoop, the last episode we did, we had a little story about him. So he was our last Stable Scoop story. You can go listen to about Devin Ryan, and he did not come up the easy way. So he was not like Bloomberg and Gates. He came up a little bit more. <laughs> it was a little more difficult than that for him. So. You can hear his story on The Last Stable Scoop. Well, that's it for today. We had a lot of stuff. And of course, uh, it is Live Oak time. If you're anywhere in Ocala listening to this and you haven't been to Live Oak yet, maybe you're a other kind of rider, you know, you don't drive, you haven't come to our side yet, then you definitely still want to go Saturday to Live Oak and see the marathon. It is well worth it. It is so much fun. And if, if you like cross country, if you like cross country with riders, you're going to love marathon with drivers. It is just it's wild. It's super exciting. It's wild. And and there should be some four-in-hand teams there this year. So uh, definitely. I think there's hand. six four-in-hands. Really? Oh, year. that's so much fun. I think so. Yes. And it starts early. You're done literally by one o'clock. Um, so mm-hmm. it starts early in the morning and you're done by one. And then they do the jumping in the afternoon and you can hang around for that too. So, and the good thing about driving shows is that, um, you know, there is tailgating at this show and we drivers start drinking champagne like first early. thing in the morning. <laughs> Live Oak International, just Google that and you'll find it. For all the past episodes of the Driving Radio Show, just go to drivingradioshow.com. We have all like eight years worth there. You can listen to them there. Also wanted to mention that we have a cruise coming up and there is a, on the Driving Radio Show feed, you will see a special preview that we episode that we put out about the cruise. You're all invited. It's the Horse Lovers Cruise in 2020. And it's in uh, February the 3rd. We're leaving out of Tampa. And we are heading out for a five-night cruise on the Royal Caribbean Brilliance of the Seas. And the day before the cruise, on February the 2nd, we're going to go to Big Cat Rescue in Tampa. And Wendy has agreed to come up and meet us there. So oh, yeah, uh, Big Cat, fun. yeah, it's going to be. You love that place, and and we do too. We're going to get a tour of Big Cat Rescue, which is an incredible place. Um, they rescue large cats, uh, lions, and tigers, and leopards, and everything from all around the country, and then they they live there for life. Uh, big place, and then in, we're going to go have lunch together, and then we're going to go in the afternoon to the Tampa Aquarium which is literally right beside where we're going to get on the cruise ship the next day. I love the aquarium, too. Yeah, so so you'll have to come along for that. And then we're all going to go out to dinner together. Uh, And then we're going to stay at a hotel near near the port. And then we're all going to get in the ship and head out. So we're going to do a fun day of activities (laughs) before we even get on the ship. Uh, (laughs) Wendy won't come because she's a freaking wimp. so I'm not a wimp. I just don't like germs. I just, you get more, you're a vet. By the way, everybody I've mentioned that to that asked if you're coming, and I told them that about the germ thing, says, she's a veterinarian. She sticks her no, hand in, in horses' behinds. I could eat a sandwich and do that at the same time, but I don't like people germs. <laughs> I don't like people breathing on me. And let me tell you something. This is not uncommon for veterinarians. We think people are gross. <laughs> 
So she won't come enjoy our company because she has this little <laughs> phobia of hers. I don't so, like to be I like you, but I don't like to be that close to you, <laughs> like trapped on the boat. <laughs> so we're all gonna enjoy it despite her. But but I have convinced her to come up and at least spend a day with us before we head out. Yeah, it'll be fun. So, and also and when you come back, if you want to do something else when you come no, back. No, we're gonna be tired from our enjoyment <laughs> from a week on a ship. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll enjoy watching you on Facebook. Horseloverscruise.com is where you can find all the details. We're now taking reservations. I think she's already booked six or eight cabins. Last year, we had 40 people, oh uh, and we're looking okay. to get 40 or 50 this year. It was a good-sized group, and we had a blast together. We really did. If, if you've never gone on a cruise before, going on a group cruise is the way to start. And you'll hear that yeah, in the special episode we did. I think it's did. fun with the group. Yeah, because you mean, just have a great time. I mean, it's just yeah. everywhere you go on the ship, you know somebody. It's, it's really fun. And right. we eat dinner together every night, so you get to talk about your day. And a bunch of people went, we're stopping in Key West, and we're stopping in Cozumel. And a bunch of people going out. Matter, matter of fact, in Cozumel, we're trying to get a snorkel boat all to ourselves. So it, Cozumel apparently has the best snorkeling in the world. They have uh, shipwrecks really? and all kinds of stuff you go snorkeling. So we're trying to get our own private thing for all the people that want to go snorkeling uh jennifer Maybe we are gonna have to go jennifer and i are group. looking at doing dune buggies in cozumel um that looked like fun too you and should be careful and then of course the first stop at key west you know what you know you're gonna have a good time at key west so know, so fun. so that's uh and then we have two sea days too which is nice because it's very relaxing and and we're gonna do game shows and we're gonna away a bunch of prizes we did one last year for just our group it was a lot of fun so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a the women all get together and play uh games of some sort one night and drink a lot of wine and then us guys get together horse husbands go off on our own um, and avoid the women. The, so the three of you. No, there the was like of ten of us last time. It's great. Oh, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So the horse husbands get to go, and we didn't talk about horses at all. It's so nice. <laughs> So it is fun. And so go horseloverscruise.com. You can find all the details. It's not that expensive. And if you're looking at going on your first cruise, this is the way to do it. If you're also, one other thing I wanted to make a point of is if you're single, we match singles up into cabins. And it, all, all of them we did last year had a great time. Some are going back together again this year. So oh, that's good. Yeah. So you don't have to worry if your husband doesn't want to come along or he needs to stay, stay home and take care of the horses. And it's in the middle of the winter. You know what it's like now? You're under 12 feet of snow. Come to Florida. It's been like in the 90s. <laughs> so come down here yeah. and join us on a cruise next February. We'll come back tomorrow. No live feed again tomorrow. Uh, Jamie will be here. And Sally will be here because I'll be at PodFest, a podcasting conference. So Sally fills in occasionally, and she'll be here filling in as well. So there'll be some really bad ads. Get them sent in to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. And you can find Wendy at DrWendyYing.com. That's it, everybody. Thanks a bunch. All right. Keep the shiny side up. <laughs> <laughs>